Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Great to have you with us. Our special guest today is Eric Trump. We'll be talking with Eric about the Marxist Dems persecution of President Trump over the past almost six years. Think of that and what the Trump family has been through and are still going through because of the radical Dems' venal politics of personal destruction. And we'll take up the question of whether President Trump will run in 2024. I don't suppose it's much of a mystery or secret about my preferences, but believe me when I say I can't imagine this man who loves America and our people so much not taking up this challenge. And I'm sure most Americans know he's the only man to handle the immense responsibility, challenges, and threats that face this nation. Eric will tell us how he feels about all of that and his father's decision, and a lot more. But first, President Biden, who's gone soft on China, obviously, doesn't want Speaker Pelosi to go to Taiwan. Biden wants to kowtow to the communist Chinese who are threatening military action if the Speaker goes ahead with their visit to Taiwan. Biden says the military doesn't think the timing is particularly good. Biden, as I said, has gone soft on China. And he seems perfectly comfortable allowing Xi Jinping to dictate American foreign policy. We'll see whether Pelosi agrees with him. Speaking of China... Chinese communist-linked firms are buying up farmland in this country worth billions of dollars all across America. And they're particularly fond, it seems, of property in proximity to not only farms and processing plants, but U.S. military bases as well. And what is the Biden administration doing about all this? Not a single thing. Not even talking about it. And so it goes with the Biden White House. Let's turn now to our guest today, Eric Trump, who runs the Trump Organization and spends at least some of his time on a few weekends on stage with his father at Trump rallies. Eric, it's great to have you back here with us on The Great America Show, and also to see your father crushing it in the most recent polls, by far the strongest performance of any prospective nominees. Your reaction? Well, listen, Lou, I think that's right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's his agenda. The Republican Party was a party that was in steep decline. Uh, I think you know that better than anybody coming out of the, the George Bush years and everything else. Uh, they were all rhino Republicans. Uh, they never took a stance on anything. Their policy positions became weak, and my father really changed the Republican Party. I mean, he became, he made the Republican Party be become the you know the party of the working class person in this country. Uh, look how. Um, Hispanic, um, you know, votes have swayed. I mean, you know, we're over 50-50 in, in the Republican Party. That would never happened before. Look at what's happening on the border right now in terms of all kind of the towns and, and counties uh, along our southern border. Those were deep, deep, deep blue counties, and they're all deep, deep, deep red counties. Now, look at states like Florida. I mean, you know, my home state now, it's 
it, it used to be a swing state. I mean, it was a close swing state. You saw that obviously with you know Bush and Gore. You saw it, you know, tons of times. Now, you know, Florida is no longer a swing state. It's a very, very red state, and that's all because of um, Donald Trump. It's because of his policies, because of his reforms. It's because of his America First agenda. Um, you know, it's a very different agenda than traditional Republicans have had over the years. They never, you know, fought against you know China ripping us off. They never said a damn thing about border security. They frankly ignored the problem that we had. They, um, you know, there's so many issues. I mean, so many countries around the world were, were ripping us off and they did absolutely nothing about it. I mean, look what my father did in the Middle East, right? And he was one Republican who didn't want to fight uh, endless wars. He just wanted to go out and out there and, you know, knock the hell out of the bad guys, which he did better than any person. I mean, he took out ISIS. He took out, you know, now obviously Biden's given it all back, but he did a phenomenal job. I mean, look what he did in fixing the VA. Look what he did, um, you know, uh, best unemployment numbers in the history of our country under my father. Um, you know, best economic numbers. I mean, I could go on and on. Look where inflation was. But my father changed um, the party. And, and so there's no question that he's still the kingpin of the party. I mean, at the end of the day, it's really his platform and every other candidate that you have out there, um, you know, running for any seat. Frankly, Lou, they're running off of Donald Trump's agenda, Donald Trump's platform, and in a party that Donald Trump revitalized. And if those candidates are honest, they give credit to President Trump. They define themselves as America first candidates uh, and embrace, make America great again. Uh, The ones who don't do that, and I'm not even going to mention their names, but it's just silly uh, because they're aping uh, the the president, his words, his agenda. And, you know, they do it at the same time they don't mention. Now, you talked about a number of his accomplishments there in, in quick order. But if you look at his record as president of the United States, he is singular in what he did in four years as president of the United States. There's no one in history who's done what he has done in the first year. And, and they have to say it. They have to own it. They should be embracing it because that is performance. Promises made and promises kept. Your your father scared the dickens out of the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy, Wall Street, uh, and the Chamber of Commerce and Business Roundtable because he did exactly what he said he would do. It's remarkable. Well, you know what, Lou? I go out there. You know, I, I do a couple rallies myself every month, and you know, I go speak sure. at you know beautiful churches, and you know, I'm I'm still. I'm still active, obviously, you know, my, my nuts and bolts are, are, are run our company and I love the real estate stuff. But, you know, when I go out on stage and you'll have, you know, three, 4,000 people that will literally stand up and start chanting, we love you, right? And, and then that message is being directed at my father, but, but also I think our entire family. That goes so far beyond a political movement. I mean, when else in politics have you ever seen that? What, what candidate has ever, you know, seen that level of emotion and passion and love and kind of determination? And, you know, he's he's one of them. I mean, he's an American who's fighting on behalf of America, and people absolutely love him for that. Um, no one else has that. And it's really interesting. You kind of mentioned, you know, kind of the rhino Republicans. There's plenty of them. But it's really interesting. If you actually go back and name those rhino Republicans, take over the last six years, and you see where they are now, it's always the people who went against him. They're no longer in the political equation. I mean, Liz Cheney's going to be one of those very soon in Wyoming. I mean, you're, you're, you're seeing that right now, right? But, I mean, how many how many others, Lou, could you mention off the top of your head, right, who were kind of these, 
you know, kind of, I don't want to use the word half pregnant because it's a little bit, but they were, they weren't, they weren't quite there. Um, or they were just actively nasty and they never pulled it through. And then you have these people who went out and, and, and they loved the American first agenda and they embraced it and they believed in it and they campaigned off of it. Frankly, so many of, of, you know, the, the candidates that are in politics right now actually got into politics because of my father, you know, because yeah, they were inspired absolutely. by his message. And those are the candidates that are doing incredible. Like, look at the Ronnie Jacksons of the world and, and, and so many others. And I mean, these are people who have developed incredible names for themselves. Look at Jim Jordan and, and how he's embraced the, you know, the I mean, it's really, really been wild to see. But the people who didn't embrace the message or the people who kind of tried to play it, you know, down the middle, you know, they always crashed and burned. Um, and it normally didn't take them that long to, to fall out of politics and, um, you know, and kind of die a political death. Well. Uh, and one richly deserved for those rhinos uh, and uh, who thought they could just sort of coast along, uh, draft along, and, and not uh, open their mouths or stand up for anything or anyone. Uh, it, they really are repugnant, and, and the American people are wise to it all now. The rhinos are no longer the, uh, the just the liberal wing of the Republican Party. They're traitors. Uh, and there's one name that comes to mind over that six years, obviously, and that is uh, Paul Ryan. I tell people all the time, if Paul Ryan had one ounce of the decency that he pretended to possess, if he had one ounce of courage of uh, that President Trump possessed, we wouldn't have seen the next six years of this, uh, all of this attack on him, uh, your family. Uh, it would have been over because Paul Ryan is the one who refused to give Devin Nunes subpoena power to go after those people who were lying through their teeth. And we all knew it from 2016 on about the Trump presidency and Russian collusion. And no man is more responsible, and I'm including the Clinton campaign and everything else, if Ryan had had the guts to stand up for this president instead of assail him, undercut him, uh, we would have had quite a different uh, uh, period of history. Uh, I don't know whether you agree, but that's my view. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, listen, I was smack in the middle of that. I was one that was getting calls from reporters saying, you know, I hear you have secret servers in the basement of Trump Tower, which is coincidentally, you know, um, you know where I worked. And and I'm saying, saying uh, we don't we don't have secret servers connected to a bank in Russia called Alpha Bank. Uh, we don't do any business in Russia. We have no banks in Russia. I mean, you know, and, and by the way, you don't keep servers in basements. That's pretty bad because basements can flood, right? So, you know, none of your story really makes a whole lot of sense. But I mean, you know, you had these guys, you know, Schiffman, you know, your Sussman go out and you know conjure up these ridiculous stories and. Um, you know, Michael went and he went into FBI and he peddled this nonsense for the benefit of, of his client. And they call that the October surprise, Lou, because, yep. you know, why do you call it an October surprise? Because you don't have enough time before Election Day in very early November to rebut their claims. And so their damage is done. And but think about what Hillary Clinton actually did in this one. And I agree with you with Paul Ryan um, absolutely being kind of complacent, doing nothing about it. But, you know, she pitted two nuclear, the two largest nuclear superpowers in the world against each other for the sake of her getting a couple extra votes. I mean, think yep. about the, the, the demonic nature, the, you know, the sick nature of that. You know, I mean, you have two world leaders who could almost not talk because this whole thing was hanging over their head. Now, it was all made up. We had absolutely nothing to do with Russia. It was all made up lies. Everybody now realizes it was a made up lie and people are getting indicted because of it. But, I mean, you literally had two nuclear superpowers who couldn't talk to each other and, and, and that were, 
you know, at odds and, you know, uh, all because somebody wanted to levy a couple extra votes. I mean, that's a political system. For everybody listening, that's a political system in the United States. It's sick. It's demented. It's twisted. You couldn't even, I mean, you couldn't make this up in the worst book that you've ever read. I mean, people would say, oh, that's not believable. It's actually too far-fetched. And but it's not for these people. And, and, and Paul Ryan absolutely was part of that, and there were a lot of others. But, you know, the difference is my father taught these people how to fight. Uh, he taught the Republicans um, how to fight, and they impeached him the first time, and they impeached him the second time, and he won the first time, and he won the second time. And you saw what they tried to do to Kavanaugh. I mean, they tried to destroy the guy's uh, life, right? And, you know, absolutely. go on and on. Like They're worried about Donald Trump. It's why they're doing the January 6th stuff right now. I mean, you you had all the Democrats that burned down three-quarters of the country, including incredible churches, historic churches in Washington, D.C., right across from, you know, the White House, and, um, you know, which had been visited by every single president, um, you know, in the history of this country. You you had Democrats burn those churches down, and no one, no one gives a damn, but but yet they want to see one thing. They want to try and disqualify, you know, Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form. Every single day over the last, you know, five years, I've gotten subpoenas, either from, you know, uh, the House or the Senate or from DAs or AGs in, you know, various states, mainly New York. Right? I mean, they have one goal in mind, and that's to try and take Donald Trump out however they can. If if they didn't, they wouldn't have impeached him the first time. They wouldn't have impeached him the second time, right? I mean, that that's their weaponization of politics. They tried to make up the Russia hoax to try and take you know Donald Trump out of politics. And you know every single time they do this, Lou, I think his base gets stronger and stronger because they realize the system for what it is. And I'm sorry to be long-winded with this whole thing, but you know yeah, back in 2016 he always had this chant, and it was you know drain the swamp. And everybody thought that drain the swamp meant that you know Nancy Pelosi's and everybody else who had been in politics for 40 years. Get them the hell out, right? I mean, Joe Biden has been in politics 20 years longer than I've been alive, 15 years longer than I've been alive, right? Think about that. And I'm a you know, 40-year-old guy. And, and you know, so everybody kind of thought that, you know, these chants drain the swamp and getting these people out. It's really funny looking back now. It actually means so much more than that. It, it's, it's getting the people out that have been there for, for the 40 or 50 years, but it's also stopping the massive corruption that now everybody can see in government, that everybody was – you know, not wise to. If you ever would have thought that the DOJ and the FBI and all these people were part of this Russian hoax, and you were to mention that to me in 2016, I would have rolled my eyes and said, give me a break. And now everybody sees, you know, what so many of these people, the Lisa Pages were doing and, and, and the Comeys were doing. And I mean, go down the list of these, you know, very crooked actors. And, um, and, and they're part in one of the greatest scandals in American history. And, and, you know, my father's done a lot to educate America on the actual you know, really the system that we have in D.C. and how dishonest it is and, and you know, and, and how one political party specifically weaponizes that system in every way, shape, or form they can for their own political advantage. And if anybody has any questions about how powerful the deep state, and I've been warning Americans for for 20 years about the deep state and about uh, these issues, if you have any doubt about it, think about this. President Trump was the victim of the deep state and the Democratic National Committee just about six months before Election Day in 2016, for six months. They went after and framed his the man they, he had chosen to be his national security advisor, and they got away with it and would have gotten away with it if it had not been for some particular quirks. And I will give Sidney Powell, uh, the defense attorney, great credit for her role in that. I will give her less credit for what transpired after that. 
But in that moment in which she stood before Emmett Sullivan and called out the Justice Department and that court, that made all the difference in the world uh, for a great American, General Michael Flynn, uh, who was, again, exonerated. Uh, this is what the president had to deal with and, and the Trump family. And by the time he was in office, the plot was already underway to create a special counsel. A special counsel uh, investigation ensued after an almost full year of the FBI investigation. Then came almost two full years of special counsel investigation before the and those were all failures. So they tried an impeachment that failed. They tried another impeachment, as Eric just said. And the persecution of Trump and his family goes on to this very day, doesn't it? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, uh, I might be one of the most subpoenaed people in the history of this country. I mean, every single day you'd have another, you know. And, and what was really interesting, Lou, is, in, you know, I, I wasn't political. You know, I, I knew nothing about politics when we first entered this race. What was really interesting is I would get – We'd get subpoenas, but I would read about those subpoenas three days before on the Washington Post. So what, what you'd have is you'd have some, you know, congressman or woman who would, you know, come up with some subpoena. Uh, they would send you some nasty letter, but you would read about that three days before you actually got the letter, meaning, you know, this was all a PR play. That's why they do this. They don't do it because they give a damn. They do it because they want the PR associated with it, right? And, and it's horrible. I mean, it's horrible. It's every one that you can possibly imagine, but... You know, despite impeachment one, impeachment two, the Kavanaugh, you know, craziness, um, everything else, all the investigations, all the subpoenas, everything else. I mean, look what Donald Trump did. The greatest economy. I mean, the Dow started at 17,000 when he was in office, just over 17,000 and went to, what, 32,000? Lowest unemployment, lowest female unemployment, lowest African-American unemployment, lowest youth unemployment. You know, I can go on and on. Biggest right. tax cuts in the history of of this nation. You know, right to try. Look what he did with vets and 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 you know reforming the VA, but also giving you know veterans a you know private option. Look at the moving of the you know the embassy in Jerusalem. What he did to protect religious freedom, which was totally under assault. I mean, before my father came into office, you couldn't even say Merry Christmas. You'd get you know you'd get shunned and ostracized. I mean, if you said the Christmas tree, you'd get you'd get killed. It's you know why aren't you calling it a holiday bush and you know, my, but my father brought back religious freedom in this country. People don't even realize that. But, you know, I mean, what he did to protect organized religion in the United States across the board is, is something that gets overlooked, um, you know, every single day. I mean, he did a phenomenal job. He rebuilt our military. I mean, you had fighter planes that couldn't even take off because they didn't have enough right. parts. I mean, look what he did to reform the military and everything else. I mean, he knocked the hell out yeah. of ISIS and, you know, and, uh, I mean, peace in the Middle East and, you brought countries together who had never spoken before. You had you had planes that were taking off in Saudi Arabia, landing in Israel for the first time. I mean, that never happened ever before because of cultural differences. And, I mean, the man did an incredible job. And a hundred other things, right? He was bringing back manufacturing. He went to, you know, he, he took on China for the first time, which no one else did. He built 500 miles of border wall, which is equivalent of effectively Boston to Richmond, Virginia. And he did that despite having to fight these animals every single day, despite having to fight off nonsense, garbage every single day. And the, the man's incredible. I mean, he's really miraculous. And um, well, what the Democrats tried to do to underpin our society, underpin our, our, our form of government, to, to hinder a man for their own political gain at the detriment of America is just um, shocking. This, I mean, it's awful. It is shocking. And, and we should be used to it. We've watched it for now, what, uh, six years, just under six years of unrelenting persecution 
of a man who did more for this country in four years than any other president in history, period. And it is outrageous that there is no Republican Party leadership that stands up and walks over to Pelosi's office, to Schumer's office, and Biden's little office at the White House. There's not one of them with the guts, the principle, the courage, the integrity to stand up and say, you will not treat any citizen this way, let alone the president of the United States. Does that seem so, uh, is that unreasonable of me to expect that from leadership? You know, you know what, Lou, if it was any other world other than politics, no. Um, you know, it's, I have to say, I've, I've always, I've always been my father's best friend. We've, we're, we're inseparable. We're incredibly close. Um, and I've always had so much respect and admiration for everything when we're in the building buildings together when we were doing everything together. But seeing the fights that he had to go through in Washington, D.C., um, and seeing the facts, pretty much as you're saying, I mean, I think you're doing a beautiful job saying it is something that's generally overlooked by everybody. He took on those fights himself. And I would caveat that there, there were there were a couple of good Republicans around who would go on TV every single night and, and they would fight. And there were some great people like you. And then you had his family, um, people like me who'd go out there and fight every single day. And but it was very, very small it was a small army um, relative to what we were up against, which was pretty much the entire United States government, the weaponization of the political system, um, an entirely corrupt uh, media apparatus who's effectively the lobbying arm for the Democratic Party. I mean, you know, minus you know, literally, you know, negative 92 percent, um, you know, media coverage. Um, every story was misconstrued. And, you know, it, it's, it's incredible. And, and that little small group um, took on the entire system, the entire establishment. And I would say that that small group won. Um, we won. We won. We wanted each of those corners. And now all of these people are being exposed. And America has become totally educated um, as to the games that these people play. Um, and frankly, uh, so many of the problems that we face in society and around the world and from foreign policy perspective and from other perspectives. Um, and now you look at the dichotomy between, you know, Donald Trump, um, who I think will go down as greatest president this country's had, or at least um, at the very top of the list, um, versus Joe Biden, um, who Lou can't get a single thing right. All right. I, I mean, uh, listen, no, you have to give uh, most presidents have something that's strong at. Maybe they're strong at foreign policy. Maybe they've, you know, um, you know, they're, you know, uh, good speakers. Um, yeah, they have something that they're good at. Maybe they have a good family. This guy has he, he he literally cannot check a single box. He's horrible on the economy. Um, he's a horrible public speaker. Um, he's certainly not checking that family box because you know uh, that's clearly going wrong for all the reasons that that we otherwise know. Um, you know he can't get out. He can't get out of Afghanistan. His is you know the kind of military decisions have been disastrous. His border policy is horrendous. Look what's happening with inflation right now and with the markets. I mean. You know, I mean, he, he can't chalk up a single victory. Can't, can't. Not a single one. I mean, there's not a single redeeming. Like, I would challenge anybody listening right now, give us a single redeeming factor of, of Joe Biden. And you couldn't do it. Not one. Can you name a single policy of this Biden ad administration that is in the interest of the United States of America, in the interest of the American people? Not a single policy, not a decision taken, not an executive order or administrative order that he has issued is in the national interest or the interest of the American people. If you can name one, anybody, I'd love to hear it. 
because this man is working full time uh, for the, for <laughs> for his masters wherever they may be, and, and not at all for you and me. Well, there's no question about that. And then the rest of his cabinet is not working. Um, you know, one of the things that always inspired me about my father, he was the first guy down every single day. And this is, by the way, in, in you know, kind of, you know, our family when we, again, all work together. First person in the office, he was the last person to leave. He was the exact same way in the Oval Office. I'd get, I'd get calls from him at 5.30 in the morning, and I would get calls from him at midnight at night, you know, checking in. And, I mean, he never, he never stopped. He had energy. And He'd walk out of the Oval Office. He'd go up to the press junket. He would give an interview. He would fly to Andrews Air Force Base. He would give another interview. He'd be working on every single plane going around the world. I mean, I don't care if he came back from Andrews at 2 o'clock in the morning. He would walk up to the press. He would answer questions. I mean, where is this guy? And where is his cabinet? I mean, you know, Pete Buttigieg, when you had the, the biggest supply chain problems, you know, in the history of this country, was on paternity leave. And, you know, Kamala Harris, when... You know, she's supposed to be taking care of the southern border. Remember, she was the, the borders are. And uh, where did she go? She went to Vietnam. I mean, if you're supposed to be taking care of a massive problem at the southern border, I mean, like, why not go to Vietnam? I, I mean, these people are nowhere to be found. I mean, during the botched Afghanistan withdrawal, where was Biden? I mean, he was in Delaware riding his bike. I mean, these people don't have the energy. They don't have the charisma. They don't have the fight. Um, they're nowhere to be found. Every, every single, yeah, well, beyond that, I mean, beyond intelligence and bad policy and, and everything else, but they're not even in the fight, Lou, which, which to me, being commander-in-chief of the United States is scary as hell. Like, you better be in the fight for this country. Otherwise, find somebody else to do the job. And, you know, yeah. you can't be off on maternity is- leave for, for, for three months when you can't get baby formula and kids can't get, you know, Christmas presents. There's nothing, you know, a two by four at Home Depot costs $16. Like, you know what? Maybe you solve that problem or maybe you give it to somebody who can solve that problem. And, you know, America deserves a lot better than this nonsense. I I don't believe in any way that this is an intentional. I don't believe that this is just incompetence uh, or ineptitude. I believe that this president means to destroy America. There's no other explanation for why he would leave our border wide open while sending 100,000 of our troops to Eastern Europe. Uh, he t- and a president who had an opportunity at three, t- at three points to stop Putin, to withdraw his policy initiative to bring Ukraine into NATO, to once seeing that Putin was serious in putting his troops on the eastern border of Ukraine, that he could have stopped there and relented. Uh, and then one year, one month after the beginning of the war, February 24th, a month later, Zelensky wants to negotiate with Putin, and he tells him no. And the reason, there's only one reason. He wants war. He wants what he knows will be the result. Well, that war would have never, that war would never happen, Lou, under under Donald Trump. Um, I believe there's you. No way they, there's no way they would have done that. Um, and, and the whole country knows that as well. And as to the southern border, you're 100% right. And the one word that never comes into the southern border, never, is fentanyl. And you want to talk about the real pandemic in this country, right? That is the fentanyl crisis. I've literally had three or four people that I've known in the last couple months who have lost children to this, where they are literally, you know, I mean, they're they're making drugs or stamping, you know, they're, they're stamping things like, um, 
you know, uh, Ritalin and things that, you know, certain kids have to take. They're stamping, you know, fentanyl with, the, you know, making them look alike drugs, and they're sending them in by the tens and tens and tens of millions, most of that stuff coming over from China, and kids are taking this, and they are dropping dead. You have police officers who are, you know, um, you know, picking picking something up from a house. They go into epileptic shock, um, you know, and are dying because of the fentanyl crisis. It's all coming over the southern border, and we're not doing a damn thing to stop it. And, you know, everything that my father said when he first, you know, went down that escalator in, in 2016, which is they're sending over, you know, a lot of bad people. Now, there's a lot of bad, good people who are coming over as well who are just trying to, you know, get a better life. But they're sending over drugs. They're sending over problems. They're sending over gang members. I mean, we're losing kids every single day. I mean, I just, I feel like there's been a, a whirlwind of it in the last, you know, two months, as I said, you know, several people that I know personally who have lost yeah. children based on this and no one's doing a damn thing about it. And it's not no just, one. you know, it's not just taking American jobs and it's not just, you know, um, you know, uh, causing a system and having to pay for a system and a lot of, you know, a lot of programs and everything else. But it's a drug problem that no one's talking about. It's never been worse than it is right now. The drugs are the, the least expensive they've ever been. They're the deadliest they've ever been. Uh, kids are unexpectedly dying. Uh, you know, they're not trying to take fentanyl in so many cases. They're taking something that's laced with it, and, you know, they're trying to t- kill our children in this nation. And as a guy who has a five-year-old and a, you know, and a three-year-old, I, I can't tell you how scary that is. And no, and no one's even paying attention to it. Or anyone with grandchildren, anyone with children of any age. Right now, fentanyl, to underline what Eric just said, fentanyl is the number one cause of death in the United States of America. The number one cause of death for those between the ages of, think about this, 18 and 45 years of age. Almost a generation span is being lost to fentanyl. And when the CDC reports that there are 107,000 overdose deaths, those are not overdose deaths. They are poisonings. And that poison comes straight from China. And that are the, the precursor drugs that are shipped into Mexico to the cartels, which are working as proxies for China to destabilize the United States. Uh, it is outrageous what we are permitting China to do. Biden is not only soft on China, he is on his knees before Xi Jinping, and it is that straightforward. He is doing nothing with Mexico. I, I think about it, Eric, your father taking Manuel Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, the president of Mexico, and making him a partner in the fight against illegal immigration. This was something that the, the man just no one had ever tried. And the next thing we knew, there are 26,000 Mexican uh, sure. National Guard and police and army sure. uh, fighting illegal immigration within Mexico, which was Lou, was, big... Lou was pretty, it was pretty simple. You know, guess what? You know, yeah. as, as Mexico's largest trading partner, you know, if you're going to allow millions of people to, to flood across the southern border, which you can control as well, congratulations. We're not going to buy every single car part from you. We're not going to import this. We're not going to import that. I mean, and guess what? They jumped at the opportunity to help us solve the problem because they know how disastrous that would have been uh, for their own economy. It's a very simple solution. It's brilliant, um, but it was simple, and, and, and clearly it worked. Um, and back to the fentanyl, which we, you were you know, just kind of referencing, I mean, you're right. This is no longer about cartels trying to you know, you know, make a lot of money. I mean, this is about a society that is trying to kill 
our youth and destabilize our country. I mean, think about the, you know, uh, the toll that that takes aside from emotionally, which you cannot even comprehend. Yeah. But financially, think about the toll that that takes on a system between, you know, rehab programs and this and, and, um, and parents and, and families. And, um, I mean, you have a country that is trying to poison and kill our youth. This, this is no longer about, again, a, you know, cartel in the 1980s is trying to smuggle pot across the border to, you know, to make some money and get, you know, youth high. It's very, very different. They're trying to kill our youth. And right. they're not doing anything about it. They're not doing a damn thing about it. This fentanyl problem, I, you know, I, I predict is going to be the biggest problem this nation has, um, you know, societally. Um, uh, you know, there's there's no question it's already probably become, and and this is not going away uh, anytime soon unless we get a real leader back in the White House who um, will both handle the southern border and then also handle the bad actors who are promoting this for their own selfish reasons. Let me ask you this. If you had done what Hunter Biden had done, which we know that he's done, working with a crooked uncle, uh, cutting your dad in for 10 percent, uh, how long do you think it would have taken the Justice Department to bring a case against you? Lou, I'd be in jail for the rest of my life. Um, and here's how I know. Every single day I've gotten subpoenas, as I mentioned before, for absolutely nothing. You know, please send us every email that has the word the in it, you know, trying to try and conjure up anything that they possibly can. A witch hunt, the magnitude of, you know, of which you've never seen before. And we're really fortunate. We are the most honest, straight, perfect people, right? No drugs for me. Uh, You know who I go home to at night? I go home to my wife and my two beautiful children. Before we go to bed every single night, we say three different prayers. I make them tell my, you know, Laura and I what they're thankful for. I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm the first person in my office. We run a beautiful company. We employ thousands and thousands of people um, around the United States, um, some internationally. Um, and we r- live a very clean, honest lifestyle. There are no hookers. There are no illegal drugs. There's no illicit tapes. Um, you know, we got out of business, Lou, when my father became president of the United States. You know, Hunter Biden got into business when his father became vice president of the United States. Isn't it you know? amazing? It's it's nuts. And 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 I would be in jail. I mean, they try and do that now and they have absolutely nothing. If, if I had laptops from hell, as my father geniusly called it, if I had laptops that had what he had on there, Lou, I, I, I would never see the light of day again um, because that's how the system works. It's. Um, it's a system that's um, not balanced. Um, it is very, very, very different. If you're a Republican, you get persecuted, and if you're a you know Democrat, you get away with absolutely murder um, because the system is rigged and it's lopsided and it has to change. Because I don't think a society can can literally survive on equal scales of of justice. I just you know, don't think you can. I mean, even look at Paul Pelosi right now, right? That's kind of the headline uh, a little bit this week. It should be covered a lot more. It's been covered by guys like you and Fox and, uh, you know, a couple others. But could you imagine if, if you know, if Trump had, you know, uh, you know, somebody related to them in Congress and were trading off of things that they knew and, you know, I mean – you know, making tens and tens of millions of dollars every every time. Two weeks before legislation comes out, they buy these massive shares, and you know, all of a sudden, guess what? The stock goes up by thirty percent based on some legislation that you know the United States Congress is passing through. Could you imagine that if a Trump tried to do that? 
He'd be in jail for insider yeah, trading in about two seconds. It wouldn't even matter if if, if congressmen you know or women were technically exempt from it. They would figure out a way. They would throw you in jail, and these guys get away with murder. Hey, Paul Pelosi also got away with a you know what looks to be a you know pretty clear cut DUI. And you think I would have gone away if I was uh, driving my Porsche and crashed into something and uh, you know it was uh, was over the legal limit? Of course not. Do you not think my mugshot would be out in about three seconds? Of course it would have been, but you know. His wasn't. I mean, it's uh, it's hard it's to not, believe it's America sometimes. So it, it, it really, yeah. you know, it, it it really is. Well, I'll tell you what I hear in your voice and in your words. The that you still have all of your energy. You have still your optimistic and bright uh, uh, outlook. Uh, you also still love your father uh, and, and your family, and America does too. Uh, it, it is it is really something to see how strong your family has been as your father was attacked starting six years ago. It's been unrelenting. I can't even imagine. Uh, I know some pretty strong people. Uh, I've heard about some pretty strong people. I don't know anybody who could have gone through what your father has. It's one of the reasons I've said I don't know whether he's going to run in 2024 uh, but I really think the nation owes him a draft. It should be, uh, you know, uh, by it should be just by unanimous consent. We want President Trump back because he's earned it. He deserves it. And he has been uh, viciously attacked uh, by one party that we should never, ever uh, certify for any job whatsoever. The Dems are demons. The Dems are evil. And as long as they let the Marxist Dems lead them, uh, on this path to hell, uh, I just pray that uh, they don't take any anybody with them, because that's where they're headed, and so is this country, if we don't come to our senses. We always give our guests the last word, Eric, and I'm going to turn to you for your concluding thoughts. Well, listen, I think there's no question about uh, pretty much everything you just said, and um, you know, in terms of my father, obviously, he'll make that decision. Um, I can tell you as a son, um, I will be by his side, and if he decides to, to jump back into the race, I will be with him every single second of every single day. I will fight by his side. I will be the first person up on that stage. Um, I'll be the first, last one to leave it. Um, the man is incredible. Uh, he's been an incredible father to me. Um, the way they've treated him is um, unlike anything probably um, ever seen um, by any other you know, political person in this country. At least it's very much at the top of the list, Lou. But I will fight with him every single second of every single day. Um, I hope he does it. Um, I think it's the only chance that that we have because um, under these people and under some of the rhinos, by the way, Lou, um, we, yep. we just don't have a, stand, a chance against you know the Chinas and, and everything who are trying to destroy us every single day. Um, but you know, as a family, we love red, white, and blue. We love this country. We love our nation. We love our flag. We love our pledge of allegiance. We love God. Um, and we will fight uh, tooth and nail every single day. Um, you know, subpoena. Uh, you know, uh, let them keep on coming because that's exactly what the Democrats will keep on doing. It doesn't matter. We have to save this nation. He's a person to do it, and um, I love him dearly. One of my best friends, um, and that's why I fight for him again uh, every single day. And uh, so, personally, he uh, he not only has my vote um, times a thousand, but um, I, you know, he loves. He has my love and my support, and. Uh, I will continue to take arrows um, every single day because uh, I just believe he's the right person to um, to lead this nation forward. God bless you, Eric, uh, for your support. 
uh, for all that you and your family have gone through and uh, stood tall and strong and are ready for the next fight. Uh, it is a fight, as they say, not only worth having, uh, it is a fight that we must win. And I know no other man or woman who could take on that job and the enemies of this nation uh, within and without uh, other than your father. So God bless you again, Eric. We thank you for being with us. Uh, God bless you, and God bless your father. God bless you as well, Lou. Look forward to seeing you soon. Eric Trump, great American, steadfast supporter of his father, great guy. And just imagine what all the Marxist Dems who run the Democrat Party and the deep state have put that family through. But this country will find a way back to truth, justice, and the American way. Justice, we all hope, for the Trump family. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Tomorrow, our guest will be Congresswoman Myra Flores, who just flipped a deep blue district on the border of Texas and Mexico to bright red in a special election. She joins us here tomorrow to take up some of the country's biggest issues and threats. Please join us tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.